Hi there, this is Marluz and you're listening to the Create Your Normal podcast. In this podcast, we discuss spiritual growth, mental health, mindsets, personal development and so much more. And today I'm actually really excited because we have our very first guest on the podcast. His name is Jord Kuiper and he moved from being a successful startup entrepreneur in Amsterdam to coaching people all over the world as a personal mastery specialist. And I'm so excited to talk with him today. So here we go. So welcome, Jord. Thank you very much for being here today. Um, I'm very honored that you're my first guest on the podcast. Um, I will introduce you for a little bit. Um, so we, don't, we this is the first time we met, we meet each other actually. Um, but of course I did some research and um, so you, you did business school, as I understand, then you went into the advertising industry and um, soon you were 24, 25, as I remember, and uh, you started your own business, Fanly, which was very successful um, in Amsterdam and it was a consumer loyalty app um, and very successful, did it for a couple of years, but then decided to turn everything around and start your own business. Um, but we talk about that a little bit later, of course. Um, first, I want to ask you, this is the first question I ask everyone that's coming on the podcast, um, because this podcast is really about creating your new normal, creating the best normal um, for yourself, for your environment, what feels good to you and your soul. So I just really want to ask you, what is a normal that feels good to your soul? And yeah, can you share it with us, please? Yeah, well, well. first of all, thank you for the invitation to come on your podcast. Um, being the first one, I love being the first one, so that's great. Um, thank you. To answer your, to answer your question, um, for me, my normal to be my best self is, is probably, um, well, yeah, to, to live a life on my own terms. Um, after my decision to go from that startup world, and we'll dive deeper into that later, um, and creating an entire new life from scratch, uh, one of the key drivers in that has been for me personal freedom. And it comes back in everything that I do and everything that I create. Yes. Um, and I just noticed that with, without this personal freedom, I can't be my best self. Then I'm, I'm chasing all sorts of other things. And when I live from a place of personal freedom and um, I create things from the heart, I'm in relationships from the heart. Um, so yeah, for me to be my best self is really to live a life on my, on my own terms, to live in, in personal freedom. Okay. That sounds amazing. So you, you feel like you kind of made the transitions more from living from your head to really start living from your heart, as I understand. Yeah, I would say living from fear, uh, to living in flow and flow can be considered as a bit of an airy fairy. I, I don't mean it in an airy fairy way. It's literally about living a life, creating a life aligned with uh, what matters to you. So aligned with your own values. Sure, sure. That sounds really, uh, really cool. Um, so first, before we start and dive into the, the startup story and what you did after, I would really like to know how was Jord as a child? How were you? Were you very enthusiastic? Were you an introvert? Um, tell us a little bit about you being a child. Well, I was, I was definitely an introvert, but I didn't know I was an introvert and I was trying to fit in. I think that was a big, big problem in my, uh, in my childhood. Um, 
as my as my father always said to you since the day you were born you had this insane drive to do things i could walk before anyone could walk i could ride on a bicycle before other children could ride on a bicycle um and i like to believe that story um but i also think that i had a i've, I've I think I was always a bit different because I was very introverted and I'm looking back now introverted and sensitive and so I probably uh, I didn't feel that I belong and that's why I became very rebellious and um, so okay. I was I was driven but I was also very rebellious I had a lot of problems in school um, okay. but at the same time I now think you, I was a very now you a make very a voice or what, what happened in school <laughs> Well, I was, I think I was in, in the fourth grade of the elementary school and already had to change school. And my, my parents still tell me that it was just that I had to change from school, but I got kicked out of school because I, I didn't, oh, wow. um, so I didn't get along. It's kind of amazing that you got kicked out of school. Um, as an introvert, you would, you would think that you were maybe sitting in a corner somewhere, um, kind of playing by yourself, but that was not the case. No, I think I developed a coping mechanism uh, for myself. Um, okay. To get to get what I needed, but also to be seen and to be accepted and, and whatsoever. And sure. um, yeah, I, I looking back, it didn't work in my favor all the time. Um, but but besides that, I was a very very happy, uh, enthusiastic child uh, with an insane drive to. Um, yeah do do things very well but also to explore um, okay. i love all sorts of things from playing hockey to surfing to skiing and when it came to skiing already from a young age i wanted to go off piece skiing and always taking a bit more risk than the average i guess okay cool so that entrepreneurial spirit was really there already um that's yeah. really cool to hear so when you move into kind of um young adulthood being a teenager were you still that rebellious um, kid or how did it work out? Yeah, I think even more. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I did pretty okay in school. Uh, I just did what I had to do. But at the same time, I was always, um, yeah, well, let's say living on the edge. And then, um, yeah. Okay. Being that being that rebellious child, trying to do things that are not really allowed. Um, right. But it, hand in hand with doing well in school, uh, being really good at hockey. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. So very competitive also sport-wise in other parts of your life other than school. Um, so what made you move into business school eventually? As I understand you, you went to business school. Um, what made you make that decision and not go for for something else or immediately start working maybe if you're that entrepreneurial um, what made you decide to do that well I, I first went to a uh, to a normal school let's say the Havia uh, studying or whatever it was something like international business and blah blah I can't even remember um, as many studies but, uh, well, right Communication, business, yeah. social media, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I just thought it was, um, it wasn't challenging enough. And I was, uh, I was surrounded with people that were less motivated than me. I had a very competitive character, but also that entrepreneurial spirit. I wanted to create things, wanted to do things, and 
I just felt that it was not my environment. And that was basically my, uh, that was my drive to seek for something where I could learn and at the same time do like more practical, really do things. And that's how right. I ended up going to uh, the Nairo New Business School. Right. Okay. So you kind of missed that in the, so to say, normal school system to have this more entrepreneurial, practical mindset to really go yeah. for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really, I really wanted to become an entrepreneur and think outside of the box and start to and, and, and create a business and or at least do real, real life projects and stuff. And right. And the, the teachers that were teaching teaching in in the normal, the regular schools. They didn't inspire me at all. I was just looking at them. I'm like, yo, what am I doing here? And, and with, all the, with all the respect to them, but it didn't inspire me. And I, I've always had this thing. I even, until now, like even when I follow courses or do training, if the teacher doesn't inspire me, I have a really, really hard time. Right, right. Uh, learning, learning from them. Okay. Um, so then you made the move to start into working in the real world. Um, you went into advertising, as I read. Is that correct? Yeah, it, it was a kind of it was a kind of a bumpy road. While I was studying, I started working for a uh, investment company, and we were on the sales department. So we were just mainly on the, on okay. the phone trying to uh, sell more stocks. And but that was in in the midst of the crisis, so that wasn't that wasn't a big success. Oh, no. After it, I went into uh, recruitment. Uh, did it for a little bit more than a year it was a lot of fun as well and I learned a lot about just hardcore sales um, it was it has been a crucial step of my career yeah um, in terms of learning how to sell and also just like about just showing up every day like it was it was yeah, yeah. it was tough um, being there and then, on the line sharing exactly today yeah and then you yeah, have very very strong work ethics and then after that um after let's say one and a half year i was like okay i've seen it i know it this is not for me i want to use my mind a bit more because i'm quite strategic and that's how i ended up working for uh rep which is part of ddb an advertising right. agency in amsterdam um and that was an incredible experience too. Like I got to work for uh, KLM for Ziggo um, on all sorts of very cool comp campaigns. Yeah, that, that sounds really exciting actually. Um, but hearing your story so far, it, it seemed like you, it was undeniable that you had to start your own company because your spirit was so, so you were so driven to, to really do something out of the box as I understand. So. It, it, it made kind of sense. Um, I guess you're, the people around you weren't surprised when you start. You said you wanted to start your own business. No, like even even working in an advertising company, I learned a lot. I had a very uh, my uh, I worked in the strategy department, and the, my director he was a very very capable guy, but he could already see that things were going too slow for me, and he sometimes he gave me assignments, and they were just not challenging enough. Okay. Um, so he tried to keep me happy, but at the same time, he wasn't surprised when I said, hey, I'm leaving, I'm going to start my own company. Sure. And, and how was that move? Because I, I assume like being a 24, 25 year old, um, of course you had some experience, but it might be, it, it, it sounds also a bit scary uh, to really start something on your own and, and attract investors and all that 
all those steps. So how was how was this transition? Yeah, I think the transition was the. Tr I I believed in it, and I think that that's what you need to have for yourself if you start something. If you don't believe in yourself, then then it's going to be really hard, and it's very very hard to step in, into the unknown, basically. Um, and then it's also very hard to present yourself at investors because if you don't believe in yourself, you already think that they're going to reject you. So, yeah. Um, I think that was uh, um, an important step for me that I didn't have that fear. And a part of that was believing in myself. And another part was a very toxic coping mechanism of me. And it's called grandiosity is uh, believing that I had more skills and more experience than I actually had. I was a bit naive. Yeah. Maybe naive, but it sounds like also maybe the ego, which is something I think yeah. is very present in today's society is is very upfront and maybe as we move into work life and we have all these obligations i feel like sometimes it's 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 hard to keep our ego in check isn't it it's really hard yeah absolutely and um well again well i'm sure we talk about it later but <laughs> my ego my ego almost killed me so yeah. um okay yeah so yeah we, we will talk about that later a little bit um uh, before we go any further about um, you transitioning into starting your own business, um, of course, I want to talk about uh, what's happening today because, of course, we have this huge pandemic going on. Uh, people feel uncertain, people feel lonely, people feel anxious, people feel fearful. They might have lost their jobs. They might be afraid that some of their loved ones end up in hospital. You know, it's um for some of us out there they they, 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 they they are surrounded with their partner 24 7. don't forget right. that one <laughs> big <Right>. challenge <laughs> you, I assume. Uh, maybe in the first week you think it's it's really cool but maybe after you know after two trips yeah. you also want to go out so i i guess it's challenging time for all of us um and you being um like being a personal mastery coach so to say what would you say if if someone that listens to this and it's it's really afraid right now what would your best advice to them be um it's probably not a very popular advice but it's um it's to learn and sit with it because okay. Um, let's say I, I just uh, uploaded a video, a short video on, on my Instagram with an invitation for a, uh, a, a circle that I host where people can share their experiences and learn from each other and stuff. And, and I, I've created that because I truly believe and, and I've seen so many people sharing their opinions and becoming experts. And over the past couple of weeks, people have been reaching out, to mainly my clients, but also non-clients. Right. Um, with their challenges and what do you think about it and what's going to happen well i literally i have no clue what's going to happen i just don't know and i think that one of the big lessons that that's in here is surrendering to the unknown and being okay with that um, right and and i think that's that's kind of difficult for most of us out there um we're so used to kind of going from a to-do to another to-do to another to do and we're not really used to really sit with ourselves we're not really used to just accept the moment as it is 
Yeah, um, yeah, that whole go, that whole go 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 go. That's also a coping mechanism. And right. whether it, whether this virus, but I don't know if this virus is the result of it. But the world that we live in at the moment and the challenges that we're facing, also the climate change, is the result of our go go lifestyle. And to me, it just seems that the world is teaching us a lesson that we didn't want to see or learn. And right. Here, what I see, people are so yeah, so stressed about the uncertainty and looking for so much distraction around it, and everyone doing their own works out and everything needs to be filmed and we need to be entertained and blah blah blah. But I think it's the perfect time to go inwards and to understand more about yourself. Right. I think that's a really really valid um, advice and. And for people that are really not used to that, for example, or, you know, might have meditated, but then stopped again um, because they feel like it drives them crazy and all of these thoughts are running in their head and they're really unsure how to kind of sit with themselves. What would, what were, what would your advice be um, to really sit with yourself and take that moment? I think it, it needs... Uh it needs a shift in the mindset like we've been living literally the majority of us and I, I don't speak about all of us but the majority of us we just crave instant gratification all the time so if we start meditating we want to be spiritual within a week and we want to have all the benefits of uh, being at peace etc and right. and i i don't want to poke people now but <laughs> the people the people that are having a hard time at the moment are the people that are not prepared and it sound may sound very hard but if you think that meditation is is only for yogis if you um, have been eating crappy food and drinking lots of alcohol and are now at risk for the coronavirus blah 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 you're right right so i think this then, yeah, so it might actually be a tool for all of us to really sit with ourselves and really recognize those patterns within ourselves that are unhealthy or are unworthy or are not really in place and not really here. Or Yeah, to see, to see the things that you don't want to see. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, thank you for the invite. It's really, um, really... Yeah, it's, it's, it's not really advice. It's not what people want to hear, but I no, think it's what they, what they need to hear. And um, if, if I could share something about what they want to hear, maybe it's just um, what you see is that we're desperately searching for uh, certainty. And that's why we're so attached to the news. We're waiting for that next news item where we're constantly seeking for opinions of others. Because it just it gives that moment of certainty, but it just drips away after a few seconds or minutes, and we need the next news item to make us feel certain and in control. Um, and it's, I think it's really important to again check in with yourself and whether you just lost your job or you're in a challenging situation, but think what you want to create in the next couple of months. Embrace the reality that we are in because we're not going back to normal. That normal, that's gone. We're not going back there anymore. This is the new reality that we're in, and we're not, um, we don't know how long it's gonna last. Yeah. So let's just assume that you're stuck for the next three months, mm -hmm. and create a vision for yourself what you want to be doing in the, those next three months. And that could be maybe you want to be developing skills that excel you in your career, 
or maybe you want to uh, order a guitar online and you want to start playing guitar finally. I don't care what it is, but create a vision for yourself. Be clear on your priorities, create a vision, and then every day just focus on the next 24 hours instead of what's going to happen in September because we don't know. Nobody right. knows. So it's, it's also about, as I understand, it's also about really living in the moment and stop trying to force things. Like, yeah. be present. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we talked a bit about uncertainty and yeah, people feel it, feeling scared, obviously. Um, but could you uh, maybe recall a moment in your own life where um, you really felt uh, uncertain, um, unsure about your next move? We talked about all, already a bit about you starting an own business and eventually moving into uh, your own business. Um, doing coaching and all other things. Um, could you maybe tell us a bit about how that um, played out and um, how you overcome that uncertainty within that? Well, I just said, I think starting my own company and making those transitions were the moments where I felt pretty certain, even in, in spite of all the uncertainty there. Like, if you ask me a moment that I was really uncertain in my life is, um, and that also explains why I made the transition from a, running my startup to literally building an entire new life from scratch, is three years ago I ended up in the hospital from one day to the other with a blood poisoning uh, for three weeks in quarantine. And after those three weeks, I lost 15 kilograms. I couldn't walk anymore. I couldn't listen to uh one person for longer than 10 minutes um i was forced to leave my position within the company and sell my shares i had to sell my apartment and i wasn't sure about my health what i could do in the future and for me there was a lot of uncertainty like in in a time frame of like two to three weeks the time that you've been isolated uh, right now i pretty much lost everything that i had been fighting for that I had been creating, but also that, that I attached my self-worth to as an entrepreneur, as a founder, as a CEO, blah, blah, blah. Right. I all lost it. And I didn't, because of my health, because of my conditions, I didn't have a plan anymore. I didn't know what my next day was going to look like. I didn't know where I could be in one month from now or three months from now. Um, so I think that's very similar to the situation where people are in right now. Um, and why I just said, why I just said, what is my best advice is to sit with those uncomfortable feelings. That gave me, that gave me so much confidence and certainty in the end, is to be okay with myself. Sure. Yeah, I, I assume that must be must have been a really challenging period, as you said, um, from you know having all of that to to going to really, you know, feeling sick, feeling like okay, who am I without all of that, all of those externals? Exactly. So yeah. I, I, I understand it could be... Um, it, and, it not be and not being able to escape anymore. Right. So, yeah, you said that you, for example, had a lot... Um, it helped you a lot to really sit with your own feelings. Um, were there any... Um, who did you go to, for example, to... to really capture that and really find yourself back essentially because i assume that you know 
sometimes people feel lost maybe, but they don't necessarily know what's the next step because they're just in this whirlwind of emotions and they feel overwhelmed and they might not know what's the best step. Um, so yeah, what did you do in that? Yeah. Did you take your, like, did you take yourself out of this situation? Did you take some time yeah. off or? Yeah, that's, uh, that was the reason that, uh, well, I was forced to leave the company, of course. It was because of my, my health conditions. Um, I wasn't able to work for the next three to six months. Um, but after that decision, there were, there were already expectations of what I was going to do. And those were my own expectations, but also from people around me. Um, job opportunities, an opportunity to join another company as, as a shareholder, blah, blah, blah. And... Right. I felt just like if I'm going to jump on the next opportunity now, I'm just going to repeat the exact same cycle as, as I was in. And so I decided that moment to uh, go to Bali for a couple of months initially. Um, and to give myself a break from everything and to distance myself from a certain way of living from the, from my previous normal and to do the work myself and, um, by working with coaches, by doing courses, to get to know myself better, to really, really um, understand what caused me to destroy myself. Why was I sabotaging myself? Why was I operating from fear? And why, why and, were you? Well, that goes all the way back to my childhood eventually, but that was because from a, from, from a lack, from not be not feeling enough, not having enough, always needing more, 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 more. Right. Um, I I can also just relate, I can very much relate to that. Um, you know, I also work in a startup um, uh, scene at the moment, and I had a burnout, so I I can really relate uh, with your story and also the fact that not feeling enough and you know you had it all. You were you had a, a own company. Um, you know, to the outside world, it looked like you had it all, but somehow you still felt unworthy within yourself, which very, very, very unworthy. Yeah. Toxic patterns. And as you said, like trying to overachieve, trying to outperform myself. Um, yeah, I think that's also a sickness in today's society that there's a lot of us out there that just feel like we're not enough. Um, yeah. Well, um, speak to people that are listening are like yeah okay i have that problem as well i think well i think that the majority of the people and i don't want to be very pessimistic but uh, that we have it and it comes from it comes from the way we've been raised in our education system to just the society that we live in because what you say is um you work for a startup and i work for a startup but basically if you have that lack of not feeling enough or not having enough or whatsoever, and every time you reach that next milestone, then people start clapping again, whatever it is. But right. it gets confirmed. Hey, if I do this, then I get that. And it's, you're in that loop that confirms every time. It just gets hardwired in your brain that when you perform, when you do the next thing, when you make the next step, then you're worthy. So right. you basically become fully, fully hardwired to stay in this, to stay in this loop, to feel worthy. And you think it's normal, but it's not normal. Right. 
And, and you think it, it goes back all the way to our educational system that we're really, um, you know, we're teached basically that we're worthy if we achieve something. And whereas- Yeah, it goes, it goes even further back. It goes back to the, the first relationship that we have in life and the, the relationship with our parents. Um, right. And, and I'm not saying that, that they are bad parents. Like I love my parents and they've, like I, they've done an incredible job. Um, but even there, there are things because of how they've been raised. Right. So it's caused this problem. And if we actually, it's, it's a generational thing that, uh, a generational trauma. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and what, what, what happens is that as, as parents, we have the best in, intentions, but for example, by praising our children too much, Every time we say, hey, you do something good. When they do something good, we give them that praise. And we lure them, hey, you're good enough. Your self-worthiness rises when you do something good. And that gets confirmed in school. And then there are a number of other reasons, such as divorces or whatever happens in childhood, that right. also um, um, create this problem. And because, because, for example, when your dad is leaving the family, um, children often feel that it's because of them right and they're trying to please their father and they try trying to get his attention and his approval but they don't get it yeah and this just continues and, throughout their life without without them knowing it right i'm sorry and that's really i think um the innocence of a child right um as i see it maybe as you see it as well i don't know i feel like we all come into this world being whole being already enough um mm -hmm. and as we transition into life as you really uh, as you explained we have these certain events that kind of made us question like oh are we enough um and our self-esteem goes uh, yeah it, it becomes worse and worse actually um yeah i think well i'm not sure we, we yes we come into this world as well but at the same time when we grow up, especially between the ages of two and five, it's so important that we establish a positive sense of self, which comes through right. making our own decisions, getting getting the approval, but not too much. It's, it's that trying to find that balance. Um, and so I, I truly believe also as parents, I, I just uh, talked about parenting. I think it's impossible to do a perfect job. It's just impossible. You either give too much approval or, or no approval at all. Um, but yeah. Um, so, so what would be an advice for parents out there that are listening and are like, I want to give, I want to, my child to always feel okay. What would be, what would something be that, you know, what you wished maybe your parents did. And I very much had a similar experience as well that, you know, of course, your parents are busy. Uh, they run their own lives. Um, so sometimes maybe they don't know even that they do something. Um, well, that, that, that's, that's the point. They don't know. Yeah. And so yeah. They, are not, they are not to blame. Like we're, we're all just, the word reacting, reacting, we're just repeating certain cycles. And like much of the things that, even our parents didn't tell us certain things. We literally have copied it by looking at them. Right. Right. Because what they do is so much more important than what they say to you. 
but anyway, we go. I think we go a little bit off topic. That's yeah. it's that's one of the root causes um, for right. our lack of worthiness. And because of the lack of worthiness, um, yeah, we get into this more, more, more loop. And I think the biggest problem of this more loop is that when we act from a place of of, of lack, from fear, is that we only focus on business and forget the true meaning of life. Right. Okay. So it's, it's really important to really, as a parent, as I assume, to really be present, be there, um, and yeah, really yeah. make sure that, that you really see uh, your children. Um, so yeah, I, I would like to talk a little bit about what you're currently doing. Um, you, you live on, on Bali, um, and um, mm-hmm. you, you really transitioned into a totally different life. Um, how how is it to really um in this day and age especially in this in this period right now um have the privilege so to say to to coach people and to help help them be their best selves um yeah i would really like to know a bit about your um experience yeah well it's it's probably the most rewarding thing i've ever done and that's especially because what I experienced, I just told about um, what happened to me three years ago. And that made me realize because of all the work that I was doing, why I was doing that. And, and um, initially I didn't have the intention to become a coach or whatsoever, but I started sharing my experiences and a lot of people could relate to it. Um, and yeah, that's how I rolled into coaching. and. Um, also got to see that a lot of people are dealing with the same problem and right yeah i feel i feel pretty privileged to make a difference in that way yes right and and i would like to know because um uh yeah i assume you have many many people um that would like to coach with you um what would you say is their most of the times their biggest struggle when they come to you what would you say that that's they're really their bottleneck that they're dealing with something um well there, there, there's on the one hand i have people where it's already too late they they, they they know they can't go any further than than where they are right now but on the other hand most people that come to me um they've achieved everything they thought that would make them happy and now they're just like, okay, I've been building this company for the last five or 10 years, but I still don't feel fulfilled. And I just know that the next thing is not gonna make me happy. And happy sounds like, oh, what a luxury. They're just talking about happy, but basically what we're talking about is, is literally about talking about a big, big transformation in their life, about rebalancing and what really matters for them. And because most of the time, 90% of their focus is just on business. And right. even within their even within their business, they have sacrificed themselves to a certain level, and we all need to do that to achieve what we want to achieve. But if you sacrifice yourself for five or ten years, yeah, obviously you don't feel healthy anymore. Obviously you don't uh, find meaning in what you do. Obviously you don't feel fulfilled by the end of the day because you're just living someone else's life. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, it's it's basically what we talked about, right? That people 
um, have it all when it comes to externals and maybe people as like when they look at them they think wow that person really has it all but still they don't feel fulfilled and um, yeah. that's the next question that I want to ask because you said like 90% for example is really focused on work um, what would you advise if, if you would were to say that life is a pie what would you advise our listeners to really cut the pie up in pieces if you had for example a piece in social life piece in work life um, how would you divide that pie uh, well I think I don't want to sell too much but if people want to figure that out I would really recommend them to do my free uh, or at least the first module of my course which is totally free because sure. that is about that is about the pie um, it is about the 12 life life areas and it's called the self-improvement blueprint and it's not that I tell people what their pie should look like because everyone has their own pie and for sure. me for example my top five priority areas um, they differ they are different every three months but the first two priorities in my life never change because they are physical and mental health and um, and that's what i used to sacrifice and i called my previous life yeah but yeah, I, yeah so there's no, there's no one size fits all right it's it, it's different for everyone yeah um, absolutely absolutely and it's different from for everyone and it changes all the time like i mean um when i work with people on, on this wheel of life that's what what i call it in the coaching program um one of the first exercises we do is is um making a priority list what 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 areas are currently the most important in your life and sometimes that means that family goes to 12 or 11 or 10 and it doesn't mean that they're that they're insignificant or unimportant mm -hmm. it does does mean that there are other things at this moment in time that require your focus and if you don't have your priorities clear you just keep yeah, basically keep giving your attention away to whatever seems important in the present moment. Right, right. So, so you develop this blueprint basically that can help people transition into a more structured and um, uh, balanced life. So for all of you out there that are listening, please check it out. Uh, we will share your uh, information later. Um, but before we do that, I would like to ask you our final question. And... Um, we talked a lot about work and about uh, transitioning into work, really finding yourself within your, um, yeah, in your day-to-day -day life. Um, but yeah, I would like to know um, from you, uh, how, how do you, because I asked you about your, your normal uh, for yourself, but how would you see the new normal for our society? Um, yeah especially after this pandemic um do you do you think anything is going to change um what were what were your ideal um yeah ideal be um well let's say your first question was if i think that things are going to change i think things are only going to change if this is going to last for a little longer and if people really experience pain and suffering themselves because I, I truly believe even if it's this this goes on for another two months but nobody really experience, experience the pain and suffering we just go back to normal life like right. normal, like the, the past normal life 
Right. If it gets worse, so it's about gets worse. Sitting, sitting with with your pain, sitting with your discomforts, to really feel like you can transition into something new, something yeah. elevated. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, I, I truly believe, and I already see it in people, is that um, they become more aware how important their freedom to them is. And I really hope that they think about that and keep that with them as we move on in, the, in this world. And at the same time, I hope that this is a wake-up call for people to see that the life that, that we've created um, is just not sustainable. It's, it's, I call it it's almost a, a disease. We live in a way where we don't take responsibility for the consequences that we create. Like it's non-consequential thinking. Um, we think we can just consume and, and basically also, also um, um, consume ourselves all the time without having to deal with the consequences. And I think at this point, the world is just showing that- so It's about taking responsibility and I really sitting with your discomfort, but eventually also realizing that it can be something beautiful it's some it's it's something fruitful um yeah yeah but but also like we just we just spoke about that loop that our people in, and a lot of people that are yeah. burning out from it that's also because we keep focusing on the direct result that we get from it so as long as we just um, get that next milestone we're willing to sacrifice ourselves well that works one time that works two times that works three times but if you do that for five years you eventually collapse and right. the same happens to the world like if we do this on a collective level right right then, right then you yeah and and that's what he's what, what's happening in the world right now is that we've just consumed too much of it yeah we expected too much from mother earth basically we yeah yeah. Just out of balance. So I hope we uh, rebalance a little bit with ourselves. And with so we can rebalance <laughs> and with the world. Yes. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, I would like you to, uh, where can people find your um, blueprints? Where can they learn more about you? I would say the best place to go to is just Instagram. Uh, my name is George Cooper, uh, J-O-R-D-C-U-I-P-E-R. Um, if you type that in on Instagram, you can find me. That's where I share my insights, thoughts, uh, tools, tips, and where you can also access my course uh, and, and the free module where you can figure out what, what you want to focus on in the next couple of months and why that is so important to you. Amazing. And, and your free module is uh, available already? It's available already, like the entire course is available and uh, everyone can just jump on the free module to, to try it out. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, I hope we speak to each other again. Um, For sure. Okay, thank you.